Hello, and welcome aboard. I am your captain, Dr. Tony Jones, along with my beautiful wife, Dr. Jaquetta Jones, and we want to welcome you to Exceptional Leadership, where we discuss all things leadership, from the White House to your house, from our educational systems to current events. If it involves leadership, come on aboard, and let's talk. Today, we visit the island of faith, where we will discover the second kingdom principle of exceptional leadership. Before we dock, our psychological term for today is selfish. Selfish is defined as being concerned excessively or exclusively for oneself or one's own advantage. Selfishness is that of a person who lacks any concern for the value of others. Someone who does not value other people, does not value fairness, or does not see the need to return a value for a value. To understand selfishness, the question each individual must ask themselves is who are you living for? For yourself or for others? The married couple must ask themselves Am I living for myself or my spouse? When there is a competition to outlove the other, to outgive the other in a marriage, it is both rewarding and healthy. When I'm counseling couples and there is a complaint about what one is not getting from the other, I always ask the question to the one that is complaining, what are you giving? because giving always precedes receiving. My mother used to say that if you are stingy or tight, if you keep a tight fist, nothing goes out. But on the other hand, nothing can get in. So I asked, what are you giving in the relationship? Because if you're not giving anything, then you're not sowing anything, which means you don't reap a harvest because you have not sown a seed. So the question, Again, if you're not getting what you want to get from your spouse or from your job or from any area of your life, the question you should always ask first is, have I sown a seed? Have I cultivated the seed sown? Have I watered the seed sown to receive the harvest? Because if I sow the seed and I cultivate it and I water it, there's going to be a bigger harvest than the seed that I've sown. Reaping without sowing is selfish. I find it a rare thing to find someone who's willing to put the work that comes with sowing until they understand this principle. You reap what you have already sown in life, in marriage, and in your mind. Yes, your thoughts are products of what you allow to be sown in your mind, either by others or by speaking it yourself. On to the island of faith. I wanna talk about three points while we're here on this island of faith. The first point is this. There are two kinds of faith. There's a natural faith and there's a supernatural faith. We need to live in both to be effective, exceptional leaders. Faith is defined as the conviction of the truth of anything your assurance, your belief in. 
That's all faith is. You are convinced that what you believe is true. In the natural world, let's use a chair, for instance. Most people sit down in a chair. They simply trust that chair is going to hold them up. A chair could look well but be broken. Someone could have tampered with it. But we just flop down in the chair because we assume that chair, we have absolute belief. We are assured we trust that chair will hold us up. We get up at night to go to the restroom. We flip the light on without thinking because we know that that light's going to come on. What would happen if we had that same kind of faith in the supernatural word of God? Well, we can just sit down in God's word and trust that it'll hold us up. Well, we can just flip on God's word in any situation and trust that the light will come on. Hebrews 11 and 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without expounding on each word in this scripture, to sum it up, faith is God's warranty that his word is good and that he backs his word up with an unconditional guarantee when we present a receipt called faith. The sixth verse says this, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without that word without in the Greek literally means, but outside of outside of faith. If you go any other route, if you try any other way and you don't go through faith, then you can't please God. Point two, faith is activated by love and produces hope. Galatians 5, 1 through 6 says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which work it by love, but faith which is activated by love. I need to just pause there and put a pin in that for a minute. Faith is activated by love. Faith work it by love. Paul is referring to the covenant, the old covenant where men had to be circumcised. In the new covenant, Paul taught that their hearts should be circumcised. But there arose an argument. Circumcision or uncircumcision. This is all about being in covenant with God. Paul said the only thing that matters with this new covenant is not circumcision or uncircumcision, but that faith is activated by love or faith that work it by love. I say this with all respect, 
but I want to address again the C-19 epidemic because there are those that are still in the church world, in the secular world, saying that I'm not going to obey the law of the land. The law of the land has nothing to do with your faith. Everything that the Bible has tried to teach us is based on two commandments. The Lord thy God is one God, and you shall love him with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. With all thy might, you should love him. And the second commandment is like the first one, love thy neighbor as thyself. We qualify this by saying God is love, for God so loved the world. So how is it that you can love me when the Bible specifically when the Bible specifically says, how can you love God whom you've not seen when you don't love your brother whom you've seen every day? How can you love me and infect me? How can you love me and not obey the laws of the land that's trying to protect me? This has nothing to do with faith. And my last point is this. There are three things that faith is not. Number one, faith is not magic. It is not abracadabra and God moves on your behalf. James said in 2 and 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. James said that thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The demons, the devils also believe, and they tremble. But will thy know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Again, faith is not magic. It is not abracadabra, and God moves on your behalf. Number two, faith does not move God. Faith moves you. My faith, your faith, does not make God get up and start moving on the earth on our behalf. God has already set things in place. There are principles, there are laws that govern our actions. We've talked about that in a prior podcast. But faith doesn't move God, faith moves you. And your movement on God's word, doing what God's word says, pleases God according to Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrews 11 and 7 says this. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, Abraham when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. This is a testament to faith moving the individual and not moving God. Number three, faith is not a wishing well where you make a wish and your wish comes true. I say these things because we treat faith as if it is abracadabra, all is well. 
We treat faith as if nothing is going to happen because I have faith. The Bible talks about in Hebrews 11 and 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. What are you saying now, preacher? Faith is not a wishing well. You can't make a wish and your wish comes true. There are people that died in faith. So because they died, were they not in faith? There are prophets that got old. So why did their faith not keep them from getting old? We have given faith a foolish definition. We have defined it according to selfishness. Faith is what we want it to be. And if you're not using faith like we want it to be, then you're not walking in faith. How could Paul be in faith and got shipwrecked? How could a snake bite Paul in the will of God? He was in the will of God and he was shipwrecked. He was in the will of God and a snake bit him. He was in the will of God and they beat him. What happened to his faith? If faith is what we say it is, then Paul should have never been shipwrecked. If faith is what we say it is, then we should never get old. If faith is what we say it is, then we should never be sick. If faith is what we say it is, then faith is something that is selfish. Faith is what we believe as it relates to the word of God. Faith is what we believe whether we live long enough to see it or not. Faith is my belief in the power, in the sozo of the living God. Faith is what I believe as it relates to the Holy One of Israel, the Spirit of God, as it relates to sonship, kingship, priestship, who I am. It's not how I feel. Is not what happens to this earthen vessel. Faith is not selfish. Faith is a lifestyle. Join us next week as we reveal one of the most powerful tools of exceptional leadership. Until then, God bless. Well, that's it for today's excursion. Be sure to stay on board as we continue to meet interesting people and learn about their culture of leadership. Until next time, have an exceptional day.